0: The glory of God does not come on man-made systems and technology. It comes on the shoulders of anointed priests. I hear the Holy Ghost saying you'll have anointed priests to stand as pegs that hold up the canopy of glory. And under that canopy of glory, there's going to be an incredible breakout of people's lives being set free people being delivered, people being healed, people coming to Christ, chains being broken off people. I hear that real life is about to experience real life. Come on. Can we give God praise for that? You know, at Real Life, we believe in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. Amen. And with that power comes the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I can't Take time to dive into that, but basically there are three gifts that say something, three gifts that know something, and three gifts that do something, and one of those gifts is the gift of prophecy, and what you just heard were two separate prophetic words that I had pieced together for this service that were prophesied over this church by our good friend, Bishop Tony Miller, who passed away earlier this year. But one of the things that I want to present to you today and tell you that I believe that God is calling to contend for, to believe, listen, that these words will not fall to the ground. Come on, that with the passing of Tony Miller, how many you know God's prophetic words don't pass away? Listen, these words, I believe, are something that we need to fight for As the apostle Paul told his disciple Timothy, listen, do warfare with the prophetic words that have been spoken over your life. I too believe that we as a church must do warfare with the words that God has spoken over this house. Real life is coming to real life. And I believe God wants us to keep these words in front of us Until we begin to see a wave of salvation and transformation. Listen, not just people getting saved, but people getting discipled. People getting made whole. People's marriages coming back together. Families being healed. Real life is coming to real life. And just this month alone in March, 75 guests walk through these doors. And I believe as people continue to come, not just come, but we as the people of God continue to go out, listen, and reach those who people say cannot be reached. Listen, I believe that God is going to bring in a harvest in the days that we're living in, that people, listen, are going to experience radical change by encountering a real God. Amen? Amen. Will you believe with me, church? I believe believe today is so significant because I believe, listen, not only is it Easter, I believe a season is changing for our church. And over the coming weeks, not only are we going to be talking about the power to save, and the power of of Jesus's death, burial, and resurrection. But we're going to witness with our eyes and with our ears what the saving power of Jesus does in a person's life. You know, each and every one of us has a testimony If you've put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you have a testimony before Christ and you have a testimony of what God has done in your life. Do you know your testimony is a weapon? Listen, your testimony is a weapon. Revelation 12:11 tells us listen that we overcome the enemy, Satan, the devil. Listen, by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Revelation 19:11 says, the testimony of Jesus Listen, is the spirit of prophecy? What does that mean? That means, listen, when I share with you what Jesus has done in my life, when you share with others what Jesus has done in your life, how many you know he'll do it for somebody else? So listen, if I'm quiet, listen, if I'm quiet with my testimony, if I don't share my testimony, listen, the prophetic is not released from my life. But listen, one of the practical ways we can see God move, listen, is just sharing our faith with others. Because how many know if he did it for you, he'll do it for somebody else and that's why we capture video testimonies of financial breakthrough. We've got a couple of great testimonies of of people uh, of giving that are coming up. It's so encouraging to see people just trust God in the area, for example, finances, and then see them get promotions and raises. I can't wait to share them with you, but this is why we capture them. Why? Because every time we do, we're saying, God, do it again. God, do it again. Again. You're a God who specializes in doing things over and over and over again. We're going to contend for these prophetic promises that have been spoken over our church. And there's a lot more. I'm going to be revealing some more on our glory night, which is coming April 15th. We're kicking off a once, once a month night, listen, where we're just going to seek God's glory, not man's glory. Listen, we're just coming together in worshipful prayer and just saying, God, move among us. We need the glory of the Lord to fill the earth. We're going to contend for these promises until we witness Jesus's power to save on a regular basis. Come on, not just on Easter, but on a regular basis. And today I want to point your attention to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. We're going to look at it. Uh, Verse 10 and then verses 17 and 18. Let me give you a little context of what's happening. Paul is addressing an argument that is happening among those in the Corinthian church. And they're all caught up in who's baptizing who, and who's following who, and I follow Apollos, well, I follow Paul, well, hey, guess what? I follow Jesus, and they're just going back and forth, and Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, hey, stop the nonsense. I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ to live in harmony. Can I just stop right there for a moment? Listen, when the body of Christ chooses to walk in our God-given authority, listen, the people of God will begin to live in harmony. Let there be no divisions in the church. Rather be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. You say, Pastor Dean, I thought we were talking about the resurrection today. We are. We're going to get to it. As you can see, the early church in Paul's day was in an argument. And Paul, by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, was appealing them to be in agreement. And last week I mentioned that atmosphere of faith. How many of you know there was an atmosphere of faith in here in worship today? An atmosphere of faith will always be hindered by an unhealthy argument. What is an unhealthy argument? An unhealthy argument is one that disconnects itself from the process of this, which is found in James, I believe, 19. that it avoids the process of healthy discussion and conversation, which includes being quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because we know, come on, that man's anger does not produce what? The righteousness of God. You say, Pastor Dean, well, I have a righteous anger. I say, well, are you more mad at people or are you more mad at principalities? Yeah. Yeah. Arguments leave the body of Christ in fragments. And Paul says, and I believe this is a word for today, rather be of one mind, united in thought and prayer. How do you know if it worked 2,000 years ago, it'll work in 2021 as well? Be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. This may sound somewhat familiar to us because in the early church, in the book of Acts, when the church was birthed, it says in Acts 2, 1, listen, that on the day of Pentecost, listen, they, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were in one accord. Come on, not a Honda. They were in one accord and in one place. How many of you know, listen, how many know the fullness of God's Power flows from the oneness of God's people. Psalm 133, we quote it all the time. How wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony. For harmony is as precious as the anointing oil being poured out on the head of Aaron. Aaron was a priest. How many of you know we're the priesthood of all believers? Listen, and come on, when we come into agreement... That's why worship is so powerful, because we're singing, Jesus saves, right? We're singing, God, you can do the impossible. Nothing is too difficult for you. And when we're joining our hearts in that, guess what? Nothing is impossible for him. We must be found unified around the mission the Holy Spirit has clarified in 2020, engaging real life, embracing real people and encountering the real God. Listen, this is where the move of God is. Notice I didn't say the next move. Listen, the move of God is waiting for us. He's waiting for us to share our testimony. He's waiting for us to share our story. He's waiting for us to share what Jesus has done in our lives. So many of us waiting for a cloud of glory to show up at 1921 Arena. And if he wants to do it, so be it. But come on, there is a cloud locked up inside of you called the Holy Spirit that wants to be released through the power of your testimony. This last week, Amy and I did something super spiritual. We have sponsored as a church, we've sponsored the Natomas football team who I don't believe have won a game in a a long, long time before this year. And so we got behind Coach Spencer and Brianna there and the whole coaching staff, and we're sponsoring their team meals. We're helping Pastor, Pastor, Coach Spencer, I'm prophesying, Coach Spencer, (laughs) we're helping Coach Spencer shift that culture at Natomas. And so Amy and I did something super spiritual. We handed out Chick-fil-A sandwiches, chips, and a cookie. It's amazing. Man, I, th- I thought God was gonna break out right there on the scene. But how many know anybody can hand out a Chick-fil-a sandwich? But listen, this is what not everybody can do. Pat, uh, coach, man, I'm prophesying. Coach Spencer gives me two minutes to encourage the players and pray for the players. <clears throat> Before they ate their meal, I said, man, I love what God is doing with this Natomas Varsity football team. It's such a privilege as the pastor of Real Life Church. My wife and I are here representing our entire church to come alongside this program and see this class turn it around. And then I prayed, Father, I'm believing for a W in the name of Jesus. Come on, check this out. On Friday, they had their first blowout, I believe someone said, in a decade, 47 to 8. Come on, somebody. (laughs) You say, that's coincidence. I say, no, that's providence and good coaching. All right, all right. But what I'm saying is, here's what I want you to see because you're saying, oh, that's anybody can, yeah, yeah, yeah. But one day, listen, a player is going to make that connection. A player's going to make the connection, you know what? Somebody fed me when I was hungry. I've told you before that players have came to Coach Spencer and said, this is the only meal I'm eating today. A player came to a couple weeks, this is the only meal I'm getting today. Listen, somebody came and fed me. Does it sound familiar? Somebody came and prayed for me. And then all of a sudden, come on, the atmosphere in this locker room started to change. My school campus started to change. And hello, we won big on Friday night. There might be a connection. And they begin to notice and they begin to ask questions. And it's in the conversation. It's in the exchange. Listen, that lies become transformed. Verse 17 and 18, for Christ didn't send me to baptize. Here's Paul putting the argument to rest, but to preach the good news and not with clever speech for fear that the cross of Christ would lose its power. The message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction, but we who are being saved know it. it is the very power of God. You see, really quick, Paul knew what he was sent to do And he knew what he wasn't sent to do. He said, Christ didn't send me to baptize. He sent me to preach the good news. How many you know we've got some good news to share with folks? He said, God didn't bring me here to debate you. He brought me here to to demonstrate the power of God to you. He said in 1 Corinthians 2.4, My speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. You see, it's time to stop debating, church, and it's time to start demonstrating the Holy Spirit's power. 1 Corinthians 1.18, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are headed for destruction. But to those who are being saved, it is the very power of God. The cross is the power of God. Most of us know that the cross was a well-known instrument that was used For the death penalty, it was the most cruel punishment of its day. It was borrowed by the Greeks and Romans from the Phoenicians, and they implemented it. And affixed to the cross would be the guiltiest of criminals, the basest of slaves, thieves, and the authors and aides of rebellions. It did not resemble anything like the cross you see behind me. It was barbaric. It was brutal, but through the finished work of Christ, come on, today the power of the cross does something beautiful in the life of everyone who believes. Come on, and today the cross is beautiful. You see, back then the cross was a place where the guilty died. Now it's a place where the sinner is justified. The cross was a place where slaves were condemned. Today it's a place that those who are enslaved to sin, come on, are no longer slaves. They're redeemed by the blood of the Lamb and they become children of the Almighty God. The cross was a place, listen, where thieves were nailed. Today it's a place where the enemy cannot prevail. The cross was a place where Christ was made a public spectacle. But today it is a place in Christ where your life can become spectacular, a thing of beauty, a work of God, a wonder, a miracle. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are headed for destruction, but we who are being saved—everybody say saved. Save. That word "saved" is much more than just punching your ticket to get to heaven. As important as it is, yes, when you receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, yes, you are secure in Christ. And yes, you one day you will be reunited, come on, with family and friends that have went before you. But listen, as believers, let's not stop there. Because when we believe, how I many you know we have eternal life, but we don't have to wait until eternity to start enjoying it. Amen. See, you don't have to wait until eternity to start living it, to start experiencing God's power in your life. That word sozo not only means to be saved from eternal damnation, hell, it not only means to be saved from hell, it means this. It means to deliver, to make whole, to restore, to heal, to be whole. Sozo, in other words, is the full package of salvation, healing, and deliverance that Jesus came to give each and every one of us that says, Jesus, I believe in you. Jesus, I trust you. No matter what you're going through today, Jesus will encounter you today. But we who are being saved, come on, delivered, restored, healed, it is the very power of God, that word power. It's the word dunamis. It's where we get the word, listen, dynamo, dynamic, and dynamite. How do you know we need something explosive to happen in the lives of believers today? Listen, dunamis is not just any power. It's the miracle working power of God. Dunamis power is a part of God's nature. And if it's a part of God's nature, guess what? It's a part of your new nature by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the Spirit's strength, power, and ability working in you. You see, it is God's dunamis power that makes us able to accomplish anything of value for apart from Him. The Bible says we can do nothing. But how many know God has called us to do more than nothing? He's called us to do something. Come on. God has called you and I to do something. The first time I met Pastor Ray was at our Treat Street event. It was at the prayer tent. Somebody called, up me, called me over and said, hey, we're paying, praying for Pastor Ray. We'd love to introduce you to him. I I think at the time he was a little discouraged about how things were going, but we met, and then I began to hear more about him, and and eventually I just went out uh, to Del Paso Heights, the O'Reilly parking lot he's talking about, and they were set up there on the sidewalk, and I got there, and I said, Pastor Ray, what can I do? And he said, hey man, my burger flipper didn't show up, so I got in there, and I started flipping burgers for Jesus. Come on, somebody. And that began a relationship. And since then, listen, we've went to his events, whatever they ask, we just say, "Hey, what do you need us to do?" One time we brought backpacks, another time we bought the prayer team, another time we, we did coffee, one time we brought sanitizer and that. We just bring whatever they need to make that ministry possible. But what you need to know about taking it to the streets is that 11 years ago, there was no taking it to the streets because Pastor Ray was living on the streets. And today I've asked him to share the power of God's ability to save. Will you welcome Pastor Ray one more time as he comes and shares his testimony?
1: Praise the Lord. I like what Pastor Dean said. Um, They overcame them by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. So that's what I'm gonna share with you today is uh, my testimony. And taking it to the streets ministries, we work a little bit outside the box. We do things a little bit differently, and I'm gonna incorporate that into my testimony. Most testimonies that, you guys ever hear a testimony before? Of course, yes, yes, amen. Mostly you, you talk about what happened and how you were all messed up. Well, I wanna do it differently this time. I wanna tell you where I'm at today. This is where I'm at today. Today, I'm a happily married man. My wife, Victoria, she's getting the boys ready for our next service. She wasn't able to make it. Um, I have a full-time job. I enjoy my job. I actually enjoy my job. It's a blessing from the Lord. Uh, You know I have a full-time ministry, taking it to the streets ministries. As you see outside, we have a table. Also, there's a lot of great stuff. I recently bought a home about a year and a few months ago. Um, I bought a home. We're a homeowner. We have a couple of brand new cars. I have two little boys, Aiden, he's seven, and Alex, he just turned five. Uh, We live um, right down the street here, not very far. My life is good. I enjoy giving. I enjoy helping people. I enjoy what God has called me to do. And that only happened, that only happened when I received Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. That's when that took place. But as Pastor Dean was sharing with you, there was no house there was no car there was no job there was no home there was no wife that's for sure yeah there was no wife because what i want to share with you now is where i was at uh literally there's no sugar coating one i going to tell you because this is exactly where i was at literally 11 years ago um how many guys have ever been to san francisco hands Two people? Oh, okay. Oh, everybody's been to San Francisco. All right. Uh, we go there. We have our clam chowder on Fisherman's Wharf. We go and, you know, hang out downtown, Union Square. And how many, you know, you guys, or how many have ever seen, I know we all have, you go there and you see these guys laying on the street. They're begging for money. You could tell they haven't took a bath or a shower in who knows how long. You don't want to get too close to them because they smell extremely terrible. They've been sleeping in trash and garbage. Why? Because the enemy has a hold on them. They do not see the light. My life, 11 years ago, as the video, as you're seeing, I lived literally on the streets of San Francisco, on the streets of Oakland, California, Los Angeles, Phoenix, Arizona, Tempe, Bakersfield. Wherever the freight train took me in my drunken state is where I got off. Things were very bad. I woke up in the morning... Uh, I believe they call it DT's. I woke up shaking like a leaf. I was so sick. I didn't want to hear nothing about nothing. I didn't want to eat. I didn't want to do anything but get my next drink of vodka. I was bound and on my way to that other place. I was so messed up. I knew, I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that I was going to die like that. There was no rescuing me. My life was messed up. There was no rescuing me whatsoever. I could not go to my mother's house she wouldn't allow me to go in because i would steal which i did when i was drunk her 10,000 dollar ring i just put it in my pocket and walked out the house cuz that's when the enemy has a hold on you whether it's alcohol whatever it may be you don't think nat- you don't think normally you don't think all you think is about is yourself self-centeredness you think about what's going to please you you don't care about anybody else around you you don't care about your family you don't care about nothing and that's where i was at I could not see my mom. She didn't want to have nothing to do with me. I could not hold down a job. I was in the hospital many times. I was placed in an insane asylum where they handcuffed me. I remember to the darn post in there, took my clothes. It was bad. I had nobody. (laughs) I had nobody. And um, I was going to die like that, and I really didn't care. But, you know, God had different plans for me. Can you say amen? (laughs) And I could go on and on and tell you how my life was, but we kind of get the gist of what I went through. I was on the freight trains all the time, always drunk. A day didn't go by. Uh, Several years back when I was out there drinking, I literally missed Christmas and New Year's because I was drunk the whole time. I woke up, I think it was January the 4th. I didn't know what had happened. I was still breathing, though, so praise God. That was a good thing. You know, God had his hand upon me. But things were so, so bad. And um, I I now realize that the only thing worth doing in life, everything else will come after what I'm going to tell you right now. There's only one thing worth doing in life that is important to everybody. That is to fill that gap, that hole that we got right here. There's a song, and I don't know who sings it. It goes, I'm not going to sing it. You guys don't want me to sing it. (laughs) But uh, it says that there's a God-shaped hole in all of us, and a desperate soul is searching. A desperate soul is searching. I was searching in vodka. I was searching in all the nonsense you could think about. You could go ahead and let your mind go to another dimension. I was on the streets of San Francisco. I was doing it all. It was messed up. But there's a God-shaped hole in all of us, and I was able to feel it with the love of Jesus Christ. And this morning, my message to you is this. If God, in his perfectness, if Jesus Christ, in his perfectness, can reach down to Raymond and pull him up out of that pit when I hated God, I didn't like God, nothing about him because I didn't know him. That's why I didn't know him. I didn't know that he could fill that gap, that void. But when we come to the knowledge of the truth, the word of God is so clear. I like this. The truth will set us free. I don't got to be there. I am. You know, this morning you're here, and um, you know you're. You've heard what I had to say, and the bottom line is everybody needs Jesus Christ. One day, the Word of God tells us that every knee will bow, every knee, every single person in here, your knee will bow, and you're going to answer to God. Every knee shall bow, and whether you like it or not, you're going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior to the glory of God. <laughs> you're going to confess. The Word of God tells us that you will confess. This morning, I would like to invite you to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. You may not have had to go through what I went through, but there is a God-shaped hole in all of us, and it cannot be filled with anything, anything but the Lord. This morning, let's forget about who's to our right and who's to our left and let's just focus as the spirit of the Lord is in this place right now let's just focus on you and God he says that if you confess me before men I will confess you before my father by the raising of hands it's okay because this is only between you and the Lord it's not between you and anybody else the person sitting next to you the person that bought you they're not going to be there when it's time for judgment. They're not going to be there. If anyone here, this is your time, not mine. This is yours. This is your divine appointment. The time has been set just for you. If anyone here would like to receive Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, raise your hand. Don't let the spirit of fear, the spirit of doubt, hold on to you. If you would like to receive Jesus Christ, you don't know who the Lord is. Raise your hand and we would love to pray for you. We really would. Like the president. I know who the president is. He doesn't know who I am. Do you know who Jesus Christ is? We want to make sure that he knows who you are. If he doesn't know who you are because you have not accepted him, Your opportunity is here right now. Last time, I'm just going to ask if you would like to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. I would like you to repeat after me those that may have wanted to come up, maybe for whatever reason you didn't. I don't know. God knows. God knows. He knows. Right where you're at, repeat this after me father i come before you in the name of jesus lord i admit that i'm a sinner and i receive you into my heart right now i confess you as my lord and my savior and i repent of all of my sins all of my wrongdoings i ask that you Feel that God-shaped hole within me that only you can do with your love, with your perfection. I believe that you rose the third day from the grave and that you are here today with me. And I accept you fully into my heart. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you said that prayer, There's something else that's very important for us to do. You know, we can't fight this battle by ourselves. There's strength in numbers. What I really would like you guys to do, if you're not already part of this church, find a church to go to, to get fed, to hear the word of God, to strengthen yourself. Find a church to go to. And of course, we welcome you here. We'd love for you to come here, real life. God bless you guys. The reason why I had Pastor Ray come and share his testimony
0: in the next several weeks, we're going to have others coming in and sharing their testimony. It's because I'm believing God in this season. Come on, in the coming days, the coming months, and the coming years, I'm believing God that this church will reach the unreachable. Yes, come on, yes. that, that, that this church would be willing, come on, to extend their hand, come yes. on, to a Ray Luciani, come on, a drunk on the street, not knowing that God had a taken it to the streets ministry, come on, deposited in them. And church, I'm here to ask you, listen, like Pastor Ray said, if everybody's in here is, is saved, praise God for that. But listen, how many you know there's others that don't know him? And God wants to use your story, your testimony, listen, so people will know if he did it for you, he can do it for them. This morning, if you just stand with me and you'd say, Pastor Dean, I'm ready for real life to come to real life. I'm ready for real life to walk through those doors. Not only walk through those doors. Pastor Dean, I'm ready to go see where real life is happening. Come on, out at these street outreaches. I want to go on a mission, backyard's missions trip. Pastor Dean, I want to go to the homeless outreach on Wednesday night. Pastor Dean, I want to go help fi- feed this Natomas football team. Listen, God is calling you and I. Come on, to stir ourselves up and let people know about the hope. Come on, that is within us. Come on, real life is coming to real life. Are you ready? Church, are you ready? Come on, we gotta be ready. Listen, not just to applaud when people give their lives to Christ, but to walk with them through the difficulty, to walk with them through the addiction, to walk with them through the pain, through the diagnosis. We've gotta be willing to disciple those God is sending us. And when we say yes to that, I believe, as Pastor uh, Bishop Tony Miller prophesied, that these walls are not going to be able to contain what God wants to do in this place and through the lives of the people that say, hey, Real Life Church is my church. Can we pray? Father, I thank you. God, I pray that you would prepare us, equip us, God, to activate and share what you've done in our lives to give and release hope and life To others, Lord send us the Rays, Lord, send us the Rachel, send us the Corey, send us the Deans. God, nobody is out of your reach. Lord, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome, welcome to RLC.